10 seconds to fire it. 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Picking favorites! Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to uh, your, your favorite podcast, because we know it is, because you're yeah. listening, you're still with us. Why are you still with us? Because it's so much fun. Uh, this is Zachary Levi. Tyler Labine. My in name New is York, Razzle. By the way. <laughs> in New York, my name is Razzle in Los Angeles. And I am uh, Kentucky Coleman. Uh, uh, coming to Always you from, in Kentucky. Always in Kentucky. Somewhere in your mind. From Los Angeles, <laughs> California. And... Uh, and uh, hey guys. Yeah, Tyler and I are uh, via, via satellite, uh, if you can even call that. I think that's technically incorrect, but we're going to run with it anyway. We're, we're both in a studio in New York. And then um, this is Seth because, Green. Because I, from I have had the space honor. Channel. What's that? What's that? Well, I, I'm sorry. I chimed in too early. My delay my is <laughs> a little crooked from the space station, Zach. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Is that Seth Green, our guest of this week? Are you broadcasting from space? Yeah, I've actually uh, been heavily involved in the uh, private space flight uh, contracting and was able to stow away on one of the last Dragon capsules that made it to the uh, International Space Station. I think you're, you're chasing the station right now, I think, uh, <laughs> because your booster rocket broke up on re-entry just yesterday. Yeah, I just read that oh. uh, they're sending a drone, a space drone, to come and save you, Seth. Jeez, I hope so, because uh, I only brought so much ice cream. <laughs> Is it the space? Well, like on that, that note, like uh, let's, let's, let's yeah, welcome Seth Green to the show. Seth, Seth, Seth Green. Green. Thanks for joining us, Seth. My pleasure, guys. The chalk ice cream, that space, the space ice. We all ice cream, love that's that ice. We it's all like love one of my that. favorite things ever. It's so gross. Next it's to like, prepackaged cotton candy. It was like it was like uh, it was like the marshmallows from Lucky Charms. Oh it's man, they exactly did that, that. In the CN Tower. They had this whole like uh, space tour you could take. I- I've never been more disappointed in my life as an eight-year-old who thought the sound of freeze-dried ice cream. Well, no, they didn't even call it that. They called it astronaut ice cream. Yeah, that shit is rank, man. That shit sucks. You're right. It's like the little marshmallows from Lucky Charms, only worse. I think what's funny is that when I say the little marshmallows from Lucky Charms, I think yum, whereas you <laughs> seem to say ew. So I think yuck. I think I've yuck, never yeah. liked those those marshmallows because they're not marshmallows. They're they're crunchy and weird. Even call if you, it something even else. Yeah. Soak for a while. No, the, Create the a new that term the, for that. The marshmallows you get in the hot chocolate. Like I love that. But, it, like but I guess it's just, yeah, but I treats. like them in small do. pieces. I don't want to have to bite it off of a chunk of a disc. Let me ask you this. I Seth, do you like fruit leather? That. Do I like what? Fruit leather? Uh, I'm just wondering if across the board you like dehydrated treats. Oh, no. I like fruit leather. No, sure. I mean, like, I, I have my uses for fruit roll-ups, but I usually like the ones that are full of uh, high fructose corn yeah. syrup and like right. other assorted chemical poisons. So your mom wasn't a hippie like mine who was like, no, no. All organic, natural fruit leather. <laughs> you can't no. trade any Oh, my God. No, we, we didn't have a lot of money, especially not organic uh, uh, markets nearby. So no, my parents no, but when were I was a lot a kid, of like, hey, being a hippie was cheaper than being. Well, What's that? Everything when, where I was a kid. Yeah, like everything. Once we got a microwave, it was all bets were Yeah, because we, we had the first microwave. <laughs> our, our first microwave was the one that only had the dial. 
Yeah. It was like, here's one temperature, and Go for here's it. the dial. It goes Good from luck. zero Just how long do you want to fry it? How long do you want to smoke this thing? Don't put any metal inside. Yeah, no, I got really good at heating up water uh, for dehydrated <laughs> soups and... Uh, putting stuff whatever. in the microwave. My mom, my yeah. mom. There was a point in our lives where, where my mom was like, ah, "Guys, I'm not just gonna, I'm just not gonna cook anymore." Dude, let me ask you guys. <laughs> Listen, this. We can microwave everything. My, the, I'm pretty sure. My grandmother was huge into this. Did anybody else remember? Does anybody else remember dehydrated milk? Did anybody? Yeah, no. yeah. I never had any, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was like you the mean, biggest thing in like the '80s, at least my, for my grandmother. You mean like evaporated yeah, milk? No, or, yeah, no, maybe that, no, no evaporated like, is different. It, it evaporated is a liquid. It was like powdered milk. That's like powdered milk. Powdered milk. Yeah, powdered milk. Okay, yeah. Milk oh shit, yeah. no. Yeah, powdered milk. That's like that's not no Similac. Are you talking about Similac? No. Are you a Similac child? I no idea. My grandmother always was like, "Yeah, it's the biggest thing because it you mix it with water and it saves space." I don't know. It's weird. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a perfect uh, segue into Seth. Uh, what are you working on recently? <laughs> sure. Uh, well, this is your time, buddy. This is your time to just say, "Oh, this is what I'm doing." I don't know, guys. Because I, I, I know you're think doing a lot. That if you're here and I'm here, that then that make it our time. <laughs> our, our time is it's now. our time no. down here. Mr. It's, Hand yeah. would say, our time is now. "No, um, I'm working on a bunch of stuff." We just how's the robot chicken going? It's well, we're we're still a little bit from starting up the uh, new season, but we uh, are working on a, a DC special on a new DC special. You bastardo! That I'm is excited. so awesome. I'm actually really excited about it. We we've been writing for uh, a couple weeks now. We can't. We really zeroed in on what the plot's gonna be and how it's gonna work and. You know, we've done two of them at this point. The first one was like Aquaman story, sort of using all the Aquaman jokes that anybody had ever had and putting that to yeah. rest as best we could. And then we had such fun with the villains that we made the whole second one about the villains and what the workplace must be like for them and, you know, what they demand in vacation days. And then we got them all on the beach in bathing suits and <laughs> got them into a bathing suit fight with the Justice League. And <laughs> There was the like, three musical numbers in our half hour, so I felt I felt really good about it. Uh, I love, excited. by the way, I love that giant companies like DC respect and appreciate the work you guys do so much. So they're like, yeah, just go ahead and do whatever you want with our characters. Pretty remarkable. Well, like you guys have really accomplished something incredible with that and Star Wars and everything. Like, you know, it's just amazing, man. Thank you. Some of that, some of that's more about the brand than it is about us, because they we just. The, uh, Jeff John said the best thing about the DC universe. He said these char- you can't break these characters because they're older than anybody who's considering them and so right. it's okay to look at them through different lenses and and you know all the corporations talk about the different expressions of a particular brand there's all different access points to any of those icons especially in the DC universe at any age and so the goal is to create media or content that can relate to any one of those access points in in the headspace yeah. that they're coming from like you're saying, they're basically they're unbreakable characters, right? Like these are yeah. iconic characters that you can. Look Batman at. is fucking Batman. You know, oh, there's yeah, no, man. there's you're no. Not, you're not going to tarnish Batman's reputation. Not uh, the real Batman. I mean, you can no, take his name not. in vain in content or parody, but you'll That's never, cool. you'll never really ruin the myth, which is cool. It's, right. it's like one of my favorite things about uh, being alive right now. We are all responsible for perpetuating the myths of this generation. You know, you look at the things that have been around since the beginning of culture, whether it's plays or performing or written material or what, there's there's only certain things that really translate over hundreds of years, you know? So I like that we're perpetuating... Ba- Batman just had his 75th anniversary. Think about that. Batman's Holy older shit. Batman's older than all of us. 75 years old. Right, so I like, to, I like to yeah. think about... Wait, 
I like to think about what a hundred years from now we'll be talking from talking about. I Batman, hope Batman's yeah. still going to be still around. Batman. Yeah, but what shape will it have taken? <laughs> like, like, will the myth of Batman become not a fictional story? Will it, 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 it gone on so long that people think it's historical text? Like yeah. I always, right? I always wonder about. I that mean, it's kind of like Sherlock Holmes. Like he's even older. You right. Know, How many different still, iterations of Sherlock Holmes have know, there been? Yeah. Um, Seth, I just have a really quick, uh, this is kind of a tangenty question, but there are some commercials that are playing. I haven't even asked, been able to ask you yet. I, was, I meant to shoot you a text the other day. There's some commercials. I think they're Kia. I, oh, I'm the not Honda. Sure. The but, Honda days, yeah. No, that's not H- us. Is that, no, no, no. Is that H- your studio that's doing that stuff? No, no, no. Honda and Hasbro did some kind of collaboration to use a lot of Hasbro properties. But the guys that produced those commercials, the studio called Screen Novelties, guys that we know, um, actually, the the founder, the owners of that company, um, helped me uh, create Robot Chicken. Like, oh, wow. help, they oh, we, wow. did, we did all the original animation together. They basically showed me how stop motion works. So, gotcha. Because I saw with that a Skeletor one the other day. I was like, that looks people. exactly like that looks exactly like uh, your guys' work over at Robot Chicken. So I was just curious well, about that. Well, thank, well, stop motion is kind of a universal uh, animation technique, but the definitely the animation of action figures. I like the fact that culturally we've sort of made that synonymous with our brand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't own any of those properties. <laughs> yeah. so, you know. Is there is there anything anything else that you want to plug right now uh, that, that's coming out that's that's coming up? Anything? Um, I mean, there's so much shit going on right now. You know that we're we're producing another <laughs> show in the studio. Uh, we're doing 13 half hours for Sony. Uh, that Super Mansion thing that um, uh, Zeb Wells, who's uh, uh, directed the last two seasons of Robot, created. But we haven't really, I don't know if we've officially announced any of that. I don't know. Well, um, don't know tell me, we'll cut it out. Well, certainly anybody can follow you on Twitter and get the updates on everything you're doing. Totally. But you you know, man, like I, there's this stuff that, that I'm focused on. There's this stuff that the company's focused on. So I've got right, three right. partners in the studio and we're focused on developing content internally that we can either finance or, or you know, get participatory financing against. And we just want to make a bunch of stuff that we really believe in or like and collaborate with all the people that we think. Um, share sensibility. Yeah. I think that, yeah, it's definitely what uh, Zach and I are trying to do. And yeah. I know that that's, that's why what, we all like each other yeah, so much. Exactly. We're all yeah. trying to make, <laughs> just want to make shit that's funny and that people just, love, you know? Yeah. Although I, I, am, I, don't, I don't get it. I, I, am, I, am, <laughs> I don't uh, get the appeal. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, let's, uh, let's, let's but, uh, jump in. Uh, let's jump into our, our first uh, topic up for grabs. Can I, can I say one thing before we start? No. Yeah. Just because I'm a big fan, Seth. Oh, thanks. It's a shame that I don't get to meet you in the studio. That would have been really cool for me. But I would like to tell you, I'm doing a show out here in New York. That's why Zach is here. He's guesting on the show. And last week, the guest star was a character named Jason that was modeled specifically off your character from Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, really? So (laughs) So I just, and the whole idea was that this guy is exactly your character from Can't Hardly Wait. So I just watched this actor named Kevin Izola for a week do an impression of you in Can't Hardly Wait. And I feel, I, it was so bang on that I actually feel like I've met you now. I'm hearing your voice over the, what are we calling it, a sat link? And I'm like, oh, yeah, we totally hung out all week last week. He was bang on. It was crazy. That's funny. It was nuts. And it was also cool to know that, like, the show is a very, it's a very sort of meta show. And we really touch on a lot of sort of, like, pop cultural iconic things. And, like, that character, I would say, is safe to say, is one of those characters. You've officially been parodied, man. Oh, that's I awesome. That was pretty cool. Well, Yo, we, man, we I better that... double bag it. I don't know what that bitch has been. <laughs> that that whole character was like based on a lot of kids I'd I'd been meeting. There was there was sort of a fever pitch for that persona being um 
you know, it, it was all different versions of it. Like when yeah. hip hop and rap music started coming out, it, it, it didn't feel like there was a big access point for white fans. And then sure. over time, groups like the Beastie Boys or even Run DMC like made it more accessible to mainstream. Even Public Enemy, in a weird way, made it accessible mm-hmm. to mainstream. And there's two different sides of that. There was guys like, um, oh shit, uh, Michael Rappaport's character in right, Zebrahead. Right where it's like, here's a point of view of someone that's only grown up inside this, so they're not pretending that's really how they've been informed culturally. And then there's the other side of that, which is, you know, kids who were growing up in completely different experiences wanting yeah. to adopt the uh, the, the, the aspects of that persona that, that yeah. made them feel tougher or that they identified with. Yeah, that's how I grew up too, man. Like, uh, I genuinely have an appreciation for hip-hop, but I grew yeah. up in a very rural Canadian town. <laughs> yeah. You do the math. But, but there is a difference between, like, really appreciating that music or that culture or being able to participate in it and the kind of, like, overlay of uh, impersonation that, yeah. that I was meeting. I was meeting a lot of kids who were just like, yo, what's up, dog? And I'm like, oh, you're from, you're from, uh, <laughs> you're from the you're hood. You're from Connecticut? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, yeah. It's, well, it's the impersonations that were safe around your entirely white populated school, right? Like yeah. if everybody in your school is white and they're all doing that impression, which is where I grew up, yeah. nobody's calling you out on that shit. Well, for me. So everyone at my school talked like that. It was crazy. Yeah. And, and, and for me, that character, like the opportunity that it gave us was to, to speak to why. Why does somebody adopt that kind of thing? Because that whole yeah, movie yeah. is just about trying to figure out who the fuck you are. Like, you're graduating high school. You're about to be on your own and start setting your own alarm and not have to have your parents – not have your parents available to give you any kind of advice or, or anything. Yeah. And, you know, school is such a, a microcosm and it's it's terrifying and you never really feel like you get – a handle on it. And so it's very easy to adopt a persona to hide behind, to feel more comfortable, uh-huh. to feel less vulnerable. And that was where that was where we really wanted that to come from was such a grand performance because this this little boy is Every terrified, day, terrified day. of growing up and having yeah. to stand behind what he actually is, you know. And I always love that in that movie, you kind of, at the end, you sort of showed how exhausting that was. You know what I mean? You're yeah. finally just like, oh my God, I can drop that shit. Uh, a little bit. Just yeah. a little. Anyway, awesome, awesome movie. Anyway. Thanks. We can, yeah, let's, just wanted to bring that up. Let's um, let's jump in. Uh, we got about 30 minutes here to get through three topics, and no, we're all very No, we'll never make it. We'll never oh, make we it. So, uh, starting, let's start it off. Uh, favorite commercial. Favorite commercial. Seth Green, what is your favorite commercial? Uh, I probably should have thought about this in advance. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this, this topic That's is all of us, shitty. I guess. Oh my god! No, it's you know not. What? Uh, I mean, shitty because no, 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 no. it's so I'll broad. Give, I'll give you something that that is a wide scope. So there was a product that um, I want to say Nerf put out at one point called the Oozinator, and oh, yeah. it, you can find this on YouTube. There were a couple of kids. The main like hero of the commercial, he's got it's a squirt gun essentially that's filled with what looks like semen. It's a thick, <laughs> white, viscous, sticky fluid that explodes on people like a mucus web, and it's the jizzinator. Yeah, it's the, it's called the oozinator. And I remember like I was young enough to, uh, but I was also uh, a fan enough of toys that I was like finding my way into the toy fair and seeing the way the in, in, that whole business worked. So I saw that before. The commercial hit the air like they had a whole presentation about the Oozinator. And I remember as a 12-year-old thinking, 
oh, that's a, this like a terrible idea. Yeah. Actually, like, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have been 12. I had to be like 15 you, you, or 16. You've always been very wise for a, your years. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I'm looking at a clip of it. It's, it's by Super Soaker. Super and Soaker. And it looks, oh, it, it, it had to be the It 90s. looks just like an, like, it looks like something from the movie Alien. Yeah, it's amazing. And not and only, it, it just like sprays yeah, the, jizz all, and then the commercial the is like kids little kids with yeah. kids taking love. But hit right in yeah. the face, but hit in the face. Not good, man. Surely an exact God, we gotta move on. We gotta move on from this immediately. Razzle, what is your favorite? Wait, no, what do you mean? No, it's wait. So but the, be- the best part about that is because of the way commercials work, and because they don't want to imply anyone being hurt in a commercial, the kids are smiling with their mouths <laughs> open. They're being hit in the face with this thing. I just Razzle, I what's your just, favorite? Just, spitting it into each other's mouths. I just googled that, and it's oh. the gr- it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that was a Razzle super commercial. Super oh. soaker. Uh, my favorite commercial <laughs> would probably have to be. Uh, if, it's gonna be the the. The the collective juicy fruits, um, only because oh. that jingle. I I love that that jingle uh, from the old juicy juice. fruit. It's, it's gonna, gonna move ya. Tastes so sweet. No, it's gotta taste. Juice so soft. Oh, wow. yeah. that, that, literally, that literally fell apart in the second <laughs> yeah. line of that song. It is. Well, well like it's because it's because he started from the middle. He didn't start off. Get your skis shined up. Grab a stick of juicy fruit. The taste is gonna move ya. Take a sniff. Yeah. Pull it. Out. The, the taste, taste is gonna, gonna move you when you pop it in your mouth. Yes, that's wild. We are. We're yeah. We're, we're, right yeah, we're so in a very tight, so those nice, would be acoustically friendly the, uh, environment here. The juicy fruits would <laughs> those be my the, my favorite. The uh, the close second would be when Michael Jackson that Pepsi commercial when he got his hair burned. That one would. be Oh, yeah, that's yeah. just messed up. That's Why? awesome. Why? Yeah. I'm glad you picked that. Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky favorite commercial. It's funny. My favorite commercial is actually one that came out. I think it just came out last year. Um, I'm pretty sure, and it's not funny at all. It is a ram so you. soup. I know, man. All these favorites I'm, I'm learning are all very, I think, uh, dramatic. Not just dramatic. Mm. I think it's based. It's a lot of it just based on how I grew up with my parents and my the what my dad exposed me to when I was a kid. Mm. So trucks. we listened to a lot of uh, trucks. One, yeah, when we could used to ride in the back. When yeah, I'm from Kentucky, perpetually. <laughs> And so we can, you know, we could ride in the back of trucks until I was 16 years old or whatever, and still legal. Mm-hmm. So, Ram uh, Dodge Ram came out with a commercial uh, for the Super Bowl just last year. Oh, maybe the year before last. And anyway, is it Sam Elliott doing the- two years. It's not. It's Paul Harvey. And what they did was, it's called "And oh, God yeah. Made." When, a, you said, when you said Paul Harvey, I heard Steve Harvey. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> very uh, different guys, I but had, also not that different. I think when you're driving in your truck. <laughs> that's Steve Harvey, Harvey doing a, a yeah, he's doing a, a, a Ram so commercial. Yeah. Dave, get, Dave, continue. So continue, what happened Paul was basically Ram just took a Paul Harvey story. You know, Paul Harvey was one of the biggest radio guys for a million years. Uh, I Didn't listened to talk radio forever when I was a kid, and Paul Harvey has one of the greatest voices ever. You've heard this commercial. It's and God made a farmer. Uh, it's where the guys just are like showing people and is talking about. You know, kind of the it's, it's just so much Americana and the nobleness of that profession, and like yeah. how much they sacrifice and the times they work and how long and and all those things for for literally no things for people. Besides, you know, they just nobody knows who they are. Like n- no one knows who farmers are. You don't know any farmers right now. Yeah, none of us know those guys. Um, and I just think it's just a, such a and I, you know, one the way he speaks, his cadence, his vo- like everything about the way he talks is just to me 
endearing and warm. It's a good uh, and it makes it's a great commercial. And I think that they did a great job combining those two things because I don't think they actually show a a real beauty shot of the truck until the last like ten seconds. So you're really not even sure what it's about. Um, so the commercial is just like a. It's just like. Sucking America's dick. This is like a, you're getting a patriotic. It's, I'll bonus. tell you what, Easy Canuck. Wow. I, I remember this commercial, and it's. I mean, it's a. It's a very great touch. I mean, it's a. I saw it. It's a good commercial. I meant that in a good way, by the way. I like no, getting I my dick sucked. No, no, so, we're not saying know, that. No, like, yeah. Jeez. If I was America, I'd assume I have a pretty big dick. And my that's jokes. the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah. Right. He had the thing that was what it was called, the rest of the story. And he would tell a great yeah. story, and then it had kind of a twist. Like it'd oh, be that's like Paul Harvey's like sign off. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And now you now you know the rest of the story, and uh, mm. that's I loved him. Maybe that's why I liked even the podcast and talk radio, the medium, par- partly because of Paul Harvey, and so that's why he's. Uh, the star of my favorite commercial that I've ever seen. So, uh, so I like I really like that commercial too. I thought it was really poignant and really well shot. Zach. and definitely definitely loving America. I went yeah, out and bought three America. other trucks loving right after America. I saw it. Zach, what's, <laughs> Zach? Uh, Labine, what's your favorite commercial? Okay, I I'm just going on the record that I think this 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 category above all other categories we've had, even above like favorite album, is mind boggling. I I can't even begin to tap into the amount of commercial sort of imagery that has been packed into my head since I was a kid. It's, it's crazy. So I kind of went through the whole gamut, and I got to go more recent because, I, honestly, the, the commercials of, of uh, yesteryear are just a blur for me. I don't know. It's just like a complete blur. So I have uh, this uh, – I think one of the things that I've noticed that in commercial trends – is this very meta approach, like the Skittles guys, the uh, oh the Skittles uh, commercials, the Old are great. Spice guys, yes, the, and everyone's yes. really hopping on that bandwagon. If, and, and people are doing it really well, and I think it's really funny. Um, and so there's the, the, the one of the first Skittles commercials that made me almost split a, 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 my side was the uh, the dude with the really long beard, and he's like sitting at a job interview, and there's just like some Skittles on the table, and his beard is sort of laying on the table, and she's interviewing him, and his beard just keeps feeding him Skittles. <laughs> And then at one point she's like, "Do you have any experience?" And his beard just kind of casually puts a skittle in her mouth, and he's like, "Experience." <laughs> and then his beard flicks one across the room from over by her head into his mouth, and he catches it, and she's like really impressed. And that's the whole commercial, and it's really bizarre. And uh, that's I think that's my favorite commercial. I think uh, Raz, you may have mentioned that when we were uh, at our when we were all together in, in L.A. Am I mistaken? Did you mention something about that Skittles commercial? Um, maybe that one. That, I mean, that's, there was. A, I remember there. I, I remember similar old weird ones that were very similar, like that. Russell used probably, to have a beard almost that long. I used to have so a beard maybe, that yeah. long. Yeah, I used to have a really long beard. And then I gotta just say, there was one other commercial that almost made the list. It was like mm-hmm. a Pop Tarts commercial. Mm-hmm. These kids are in like a like a lowered like a low rider car with like hydraulics on it. And then a pop tart pulls up beside the car, and it's the pop tart has hydraulics on it. And the kid gets out and he goes, "Damn!" And it was just the funniest <laughs> version I've ever seen of anybody saying "damn." And he looked a lot like your character from uh, Can't Hardly Wait. He had like goggles on his head, and he's like, "Bam!" Exactly. Anyway, that was it. Yeah. Uh, my favorite commercial. I'm also going to go kind of new school. There's so many good ones. So many classic like. You know, catch lines or taglines like old Toyota, like, who could ask for anything more Toyota? Freezing in the air. I love that stuff. Uh, But what I think what is what is consistently made me laugh and I've gone back and watched it many times was the uh, at least the first one that I saw of the uh, Dollar Shave Club. Um, (laughs) It was just so brilliant. So brilliant. And by the way, and I think as a product, it's a really great product. I think the guy's really smart who did. I love that. It's actually him who's in the commercial. 
I, I think he even like wrote and directed that himself. Uh, and it's just so surreal and wacky, uh, but also really sells the product well. And I just like, dude, you rock. And then they subsequently had some more, like you know, a guy going into the store and like going the to gift buy- and it punches yeah, him oh, with a free nuts. gift. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's just they're just classic. So I think I think those are really solid. Uh, should we take a break now and come back with our next two? Yes. Yeah, let's take a break now, and then we'll come back and uh, and learn all about our favorite animated movie and our favorite. Yeah, we'll take a break for an ad, and hopefully, it's not <laughs> conflicting. I, uh, I I like this plan. I like it. All, all right, right, okay. right back. everybody, right. Uh, everybody, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, listeners, help picking favorites stay free to download by completing this short anonymous survey. It will take no more than five minutes. Your answers will help match our show with advertisers that best fit the sensibilities of our podcast and its listeners like you. Listeners who complete the survey will be entered in an ongoing monthly raffle to win a $100 Amazon gift card. We promise not to share or sell your email address, and we won't send your email unless you win. Please go to podsurvey.com slash razzle. That's podsurvey.com slash razzle to take our survey and get a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Picking Favorites podcast. Hey. I'm Zachary Levi with Tyler Labine, David Kentucky Coleman. My name is Razzle Razzle, and the one and only, the incomparable, the <laughs> the love of my life, Seth Green. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Green. Seth Green, Seth Green. So we've got Woo. through one. We went through favorite commercials. I now we are jumping too, into favorites. What? <laughs> I said I love you too, Zach. Oh, my. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so uh, now we're going to jump into favorite, um, essentially favorite Android or, fi- or, or or robot of screen. Can be either television or film. Uh, Seth. Silver what, or otherwise. Silver or otherwise. Seth, what is your favorite or whom is your favorite uh, Android or robot of the screen? It's a really tough question because I have a lot of robots that I have a deep right. love affair with from right. Voltron one, one to... One happens to be a chicken. Well, from... No, you know, it's interesting as much as I love the chicken, I don't even think about... it's. I, that, that'd be a whole different conversation about the way I think about our show as it relates to actual pop culture. But the... Um, you know, like from Voltron to C-3PO to yeah. I, I love I love robots. So but the very first robot that I fell in love with was a Japanese robot that I got introduced to when I was like three or four as part of a assessment for placement, like aptitude placement. And so I went to this assessor and his whole basement was full of like you know, brain teasers and books and all different shit. And he had the 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 24-inch uh, Japanese robot series, like the big Godzilla and the big nice. Mazinga. And so that was how I got introduced to the, those characters for the first time. Before I knew what they were, this guy had a two-foot fucking robot on roller skates that shot missiles out of its hands and was <sighs> uh, was in the mythology operated by – I could tell – it had a uh, like a, uh, a ship in the crown that's flown by human beings. So immediately I understood that these were two things that worked – together and that it was probably a person that could control this giant motherfucker and so i just wanted to know everything about that character and became really obsessed with it until i was much older and still love it still my face i still get a a particular visceral reaction when i see it at least in the form that i was introduced to no, he was. Oh. Who was the character? Who's the robot? Who's the? Oh, character? did I not say it? It's no. the the. Well, he's known by different names, but the one the way I met him was the Great Mazinga. 
Yeah, he's Shogun. Mazinga. Yeah, from, Shogun, the Shogun, from the Shogun Mazinga. series. Yeah. The great Mashugana. But he's also known as like oh. Transor Z or Mazinger. Like okay. there's, he's got like a, a bunch of different names depending on the way the character's been exploited. But between Japan and between the US, like he was interpreted different ways, given different names. And then some right. older versions of the cartoon were adapted and yeah. translated into English. So he's, he's been known by a bunch of different names, but oh, it's wow. Mazinga. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. That's awesome. It looks awesome. Yeah. Copy that, copy that. I think, yeah, I had one uh, of those when I was a kid, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I had one of those. It was always like uh, shooting Col- at the missiles Dave out of his Kentuck- hand like Dave, all the time. Dave Kentucky Coleman, favorite um, Android yeah, my robot favorite, screen. My favorite robot is a really kind of goofy one. Uh, it was Disney's attempt to make a Star Wars movie. Uh, do you guys remember The Black Hole? Yes. Yeah. Vincent? Vincent is oh, my yeah, favorite. Man. He was my favorite. Because it was the first one I was like, oh, he's kind of like a smart ass and yeah. kind of funny and great personality. Great, he had a great personality. He was flying around by Considering all that he didn't move at all. Right. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> he had one like arm that moved out or whatever and his head could turn a little bit. But um, he was just super funny and kind of like the first, like I really felt like C3PO, yeah, was right before that. And it had, he obviously he had a lot of character, but I didn't really identify with C3PO's he was character in a way. bumbling and a yeah. know-it-all yeah. and always scared. Yeah, he was kind of a yeah. child. He was a big scaredy cat, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, he was like, Whoa. He's a puss. He's a uh, puss. Too. He's a big gold puss. Where are you going? And yeah. he's like, oh, wait for me. And we're like, we're in a too, fucking right? hurry, like, man. Yeah, we gotta go. Um, <laughs> the dark side's gonna kill everybody. Get the lead out, yeah, or whatever funny. the hell you're made of. <laughs> he's like, you know, he has one of these lines. This is my favorite line from what he says in the movie. He goes, "There are three basic types, Mister Pizer: the wills, the won'ts, and the can'ts. The wills accomplish everything, the won'ts oppose everything, and the can'ts won't try anything." I mean, you're like, oh my god, this robot is like dropping right. philosophy yeah. to yeah. me. It's a insightful bot. Yeah, he was great, and uh, I just thought he was cool and goofy. And he was like one of the first. Like we had all the Star Wars guys, but we also had him, and I just loved because he literally just had like one thing that moved on him, uh, and I thought he was super fun. So I liked him. He's Love my him. favorite. Vincent. Awesome, awesome. I got an old Tyler Bean. Tyler Bean, favorite uh, Android or robot of screen? Yeah, I'm like, um, I too have a lot of uh, fond memories of robots, but I think I got to go with the one that popped into my head first, which is uh, uh, Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop. And I, I, I just, I love Peter Weller. I love RoboCop. I love Verhoeven. I love the satirical nature of that movie. I, I just, I love the, like Seth, what you said really resonated with me when you realized when you were a kid that like there was this symbiotic relationship between humans and robots and we control that motherfucker. RoboCop is like the ultimate version of that. It's the human Literally inside, put yeah. a man inside of a man-shaped machine <laughs> or a man-shaped machine on top of a man and just kind of married the two. And I just thought RoboCop was so fucking badass. And I love that it was, um, like I said, it was kind of satirical and funny and we were allowed to laugh at like somebody getting shot to bits and you know somebody getting run over by a toxic waste truck and like the 2000 well, it, SUX I mean, and all that so I just it was just such it's a it's a stroke of genius it was movie. Detroit so i mean yeah but RoboCop is badass still like that that the effects in that movie and that that actual iconic still works. character right it still looks i think tip top i love it i uh I, I do too. I, I love that movie. I, when I worked on so, 24 as a prop guy, I got to meet Peter Weller once, and when, uh, for he was on a couple yeah. of episodes as a bad guy, and he He's he awesome. talked about Robocop awesome a lot, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, I have the world record for the most uh, Zerk hits of any character in any movie." Because Zerk, back what? then, when he get when he gets shot up yeah, to hell, they're they're real those like beads. It's like the paintballs with because he's like they didn't like if you think about it, they didn't <laughs> have the same technology they have now to do all that in post. No. So he just literally that suit was just getting destroyed. Like he was getting peppered with those things Jesus. all the time. Wow! He Holy like, shit! He was like, yeah, they really awesome. shot me with, and I was like, because his face was obviously dust exposed. Balls, yeah. yeah, they were hitting him with these dust Jesus balls, Christ. pellets out of paintball guns. Wow! Um, and he's like, I have the world record for the most 
And like I didn't even know, first of all, that that's a that's something that anybody's is. keeping track. Yeah, of. You're keeping track of that. Good God. But, well, uh, when you're the one who gets hit with them, you're keeping yeah. track. of them. I think he like, could safely yeah. make that claim, and nobody would challenge. Yeah, no yeah. one's yeah. gonna say. Yeah. It. Um, hey, has anybody seen the video on YouTube? RoboCop shooting off a bunch of dicks. No. What? No. Okay, what? look it up. It's this. It's a, a, a like a parody video of the scene where RoboCop rescues the woman who's being uh, sexually assaulted in the alleyway by those two oh. uh, guys. Like the guy like right. cuts off part of her skirt, and he's like, <laughs> you know, like they're <laughs> very very. <laughs> typical 80s like rapists in in this movie and then robocop comes in and you know shoots, shoots the guy through the, through the skirt and yeah. shoots him and so that happens and then a bunch of guys start coming in and it and it looks it looks exactly like the movie and the amount of money they spent on the prosthetics for these dicks it looks it's so ridiculously <laughs> yeah, real up, yeah. and he shoots i think it's about like 40 guys dicks off <laughs> And it and it's all slow motion, like close up shots of dicks exploding. <laughs> and, and it's it's unbelievable. Just go type in Robocop. Robocop. Pardon me. I think, I think we might Robocop have shoots off a bunch of dicks. I think we might have uh, it. Here. Like I'm sure everyone's yeah. Check Shannon, that out. Shannon, have fun with that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Shannon. So my uh, I'm going to jump to you guys. Yeah. My my favorite uh, Android or robot off screen. Uh, after long debate, I think you know. I think everyone in this conversation is obviously we're all we're all fans of of, uh, of robots and sci-fi and stuff. But probably like the first and most important robot in in my life uh, was one uh, Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Oh, that was my second. It, 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 yes. I just. He Johnny to Five, me, no disassemble. No <laughs> disassemble. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I just it, it was so clever. I think you know, as as uh, one of the things I really miss about a lot of filmmaking is that I just I feel like we're missing a lot of storytelling. And I think that back then you used to get really fun stories, and there were stories that a kid could appreciate for kid reasons, and and adults could appreciate for adult reasons, and you know. The I won't say that Short Circuit Two had quite the same the panache pedigree. <laughs> I guess it was the same pedigree, but didn't have the quite yeah same same panache. Uh, um, though had its moments. Um, but I just yeah man, Ali Sheedy and <laughs> Ali Sheedy and a robot. And I would and, like to I would just like to say this: Steve Gutenberg, arguably the biggest movie star in the world at the time. Yeah, and also, but also um, one of them anyway. Uh, uh, Fisher Stevens? Is yes. That, yeah. 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 Would so you good. like to be a pepper yeah. too? Yes. Who's <laughs> doing like a horribly offensive Indian yeah, accent? Yeah, totally. What do you want for dinner, honey? Let's yeah. hit. Let's smack the sidewalk. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it was just a classic film, but but Johnny Five as a character, I just think was that was the first time that I had ever really looked at something uh, as a kid, and I was like, wow, that is a full robot. That's not a person in a robot suit. That's not no. anything like that. Like they're controlling that somewhere, and it really. Just brought it to life in an awesome way. So I love yeah, me some Johnny Five. Incredibly articulated that robot too. Like all yeah, the, all oh the yeah, all the little eyebrow the parts, bits yeah. and his tracks and stuff. Uh, Razzle Dazzle, uh, favorite Android or robot of screen? Oh, uh, this was again. Everybody's you know running through the list of you know great robots. You know, be it RoboCop, uh, C three PO. R2, you know, uh, Small, Hal, Small Wonder, Hal. I mean, there's so many great robots from childhood. You know, uh, Johnny Five, you got Optimus Prime. Um, just so many, especially that touched, you know, and, and hit as a kid. And I, I got to go back with the humans controlling robots, and I got I to gotta go with Voltron, man. Voltron, yes, I remember. Yes, that's my man. I remember. I used to, I, I do stand-up out here, and I used to produce a comedy, an outdoor comedy show called Comedy Voltron, and it was under the guise of, you know, a bunch of comedians from, from all, all genres. Genres of stand-up, you know, coming together, forming to, together, forming together, and do giant and, uh, comedy beast. It's just, it's such a great, great, you know, cartoon. I watched as a kid, you know, just these awesome, cool lions forming together. And even, you know, when I was a kid, I remember I had a giant, you know, I had a metal 
uh, Voltron action figure, you know, that it was oh, yeah. just the die cast one, the, the die cast metal one. ones, the expensive one. And it was just Voltron stu- stuck with me as um, just memories, you know, as a, as a kid for so long. And uh, even as even today, you know, if it, most of, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, pictures from podcast episodes, people will, you know, I there's I'm wearing Voltron T-shirts because it's just such mm-hmm. a it's such an iconic look of uh of you know lions and animals and robots and swords it's just so i gotta go with voltron yay voltron so do you own all the volt do you do you own the entire set of voltron like metal lions well, so when I was a little kid, I've actually told the story on the Voltron podcast. When I was uh, a little kid, <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I, no, 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 I haven't but, heard the Voltron podcast about this specific story. Uh, why would you? When I was uh, younger, I used to travel to New York all the time, and so I was in the um, uh, the bootleg district all the time, and also the import district because it was the the business was set up completely differently then, and so. Um, Sorry, I just saw that Claire texted me and that really threw me off. But I, I bought the Voltron. I convinced a bunch of my friends to buy this kit with me together, like to go in on this kit with me together um, and buy the original metal, like gold sticker or yeah, gold sticker version that has the rocket firing things. that has the ears that open. Yeah. And yeah. we all each like went. It was like a 60 or $80 kit. And so we each went in on it like 10 or 20 bucks. And I, I you know, got to keep the black line because I was responsible for the couriering and the procuring of this entire thing. <laughs> so you were the head. You were yeah. the head of the operation. Right. So years and later, Seth when I found out that Claire. Exactly. Yeah. So when I found out that Claire loved Voltron the way that she loves Voltron. I felt like it was unreasonable that she had never had the metal version of it with the rockets that fired. She'd never gone through the process of like firing off the fists and shit. And I just thought that was like something that she should have. So I tracked down like a pristine, beautiful, original metal gold sticker version. I gave it to her one Valentine's Day. Oh, uh, you were a good husband. Valentine, that's that's, that's an amazing. Yeah, does, you can tell that story about Valentine's Day yeah. and your wife. About, that's my wife, though. My right. wife loved yeah. that for Valentine's, so I married the right girl. But the uh, <laughs> uh, Mattel for the Maddie Collector did a whole series, a 24-inch Voltron that actually like forms into each of the lions and you know c- comes apart and puts together as Voltron. It's awesome. Yeah. And they had three and three-quarter versions of all the pilots. That fit into oh, it. So if you haven't seen that, that set, you got to try it I haven't it down. seen that. I'm going to look into this set. Great. That's set. an amazing, that's that's frankly, cool. that's an amazing segue <laughs> to our next category. Cool. Because yeah. somebody, which, somebody could ahead. actually have this as their favorite, uh, well, animated movie. Animated movie. Sure, yeah. uh, so sure could. Seth, why don't you kick us off? What is your favorite animated movie? It's I really, know there's so many to choose from. Seven million. It's, it's really difficult because animated movie spans such a, a wide such a range, and I love movies like Fantasia and yeah. uh, like Toy Story. Um, but you is, could go into like Link Letter. You know what I mean? You could do like oh yeah, um, you could do uh, Waking you do like Life a, if you a Scanner to. Darkly. You know, like the, that's yeah. an animated movie. Technically, you're right. It's a, you know the it's first a, thing that came to mind when you guys said this, and it's probably. It's probably just because the moment that we're in, but I've always loved the Iron Giant for the same reason that I love giant robot movies, but specifically because of the way that Brad Bird made that movie, the look and feel of it, the type of animation, the frame rate, the the style of the art, and especially the simplicity of the story. It was just all about friendship and loyalty and, you know, what you believe versus what people tell you to believe. And I just love that movie. Mm. Solid, solid that's, a, that's, that's one uh, movie where I, I still wish for a sequel of some sort because, you know, if you haven't seen the spoiler alert, you know, that's... Oh, and even funnier, there. it's, it's, it's uh, Vin, Diesel. Vin Diesel, yeah. Vin Diesel, <laughs> love it. That's such yeah. a good... I hey, mean, guess what, guys? Never seen it. Let's move no? on. 
I mean, <laughs> wow. dude, it's so Listen, good. Yeah, well, let's move on I'm to you then. Sorry, Tyler, Tyler, none of us have seen Hodorowski's favorite Dune. animated movie. Yeah. Jack, yeah. I mean, if I'm Red not, if I'm not in on the conversation, I mean, what are we doing here? Brad Bird delivers. It really does. Uh, oh, so let's let's hear let's hear let's hear I from will the Canadian. See it. I will see it now. Okay, well, let's hear from him. I gotta go. Uh, it's simply for the reason that I revisited it very recently. I have a four-year-old daughter, and we were we we you very quickly run out of like. Animated movies that you you've like we watched Tangle Zach I don't know how many times like at least oh God, I times. love love it's love a great that movie. movie Tangle is amazing that's up there for me but it was one of those movies that sort of uh, this one just sort of like crept back up on me we we had a copy of Secret of Nim and I immediately was transported back yeah. to being like I watched it with my daughter like I think she was staring at my face more than I was staring at hers because I looked <laughs> like I was like a five year old just like oh. That is such a beautiful, stunning, freaky movie, too. Freaky, incredibly well-written, like, uh, involved. It's an amazing movie, yet still translated to my four-year-old daughter. And it became her favorite movie, and it's our favorite one to watch together now. And, you know, the whole full circle thing here. And I I just, uh, it's just like it's an outstanding movie. It's fucking amazing. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend going and grabbing it like a, a, a copy. I think there is even a Criterion version of that movie available but it's it's awesome it's amazing oh it's so good secret <clears throat> um, is such a good one uh i i would say that my i mean i've always been such a giant disney fan i mean ever since i was a kid i watched everything disney I, we also all of us we grew up in the uh, it just dawned on me one day i was like wow we grew up in the generation where cable was actually beginning invented and a lot of people forget <laughs> yeah and a lot of people forget that in the beginning of cable it was a lot of companies like disney who were like well let's go grab that it, kind of in the same way the internet you know kind of started as far as content it's like they would grab the ability to do it but didn't have the content to put out there mm, so exactly. in the beginning of the disney channel it wasn't a lot of original programming it was all of their stuff from the vault like let's just throw it all out there yeah. and so a lot of stuff that kids nowadays never get the opportunity to see like I, all their old little short co- commercials like Lambert the Cheapish Lion and Paul Bunyan and uh, Ichabod Crane, like all that stuff. I, I loved it all and, and therefore grew up loving and watching everything Disney. But as a young boy, Aladdin, Robin Williams is the genie. Oh. To yeah. me, that was my favorite animated film and probably still is to this day. I, it was just doozy. so entertaining. The music is so good. Uh, it's so funny. And, uh, and you know, and I, I don't know if I can think of another animated character that entertains me more <laughs> and more thoroughly and more more often than than Robin Williams Genie it's just yeah. it's just so good um let's see oh, oh razzle razzle what's your uh, fa- favorite animated movie favorite animated movie man it was um again you know like i i grew up with the disney channel i grew up with the disney uh animated you know all of those uh those movies on any given day i would probably say the little mermaid and uh you know the yeah. little mermaid's one of the, one of my favorite animated movies um the uh beauty and the beast is one of my favorites but but for the episode today for for this podcast i got to say uh i got to I gotta bring in my man Dom DeLuise and Don Bluth, and say, oh. and, and, and I gotta go with uh, an American Tale. Wow! Only because I gotta, you know, I, we mentioned Disney, and we might as well mention Don Bluth, who used to be a Disney animator. Then he went in yeah. in the '80s. He started his own company, and he, you know, he he did quite a good, quite a bit of business there, and 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 some competition for the for the Disney uh, Disney franchise there. And Don Bluth, you know, you got. Um, you know, you got the American Tales. You got Land Before Times. You know, I believe he did Secret and M too, didn't he? I could be wrong. He did. He uh, absolutely yeah. did. Yeah. And uh, but I, I got to go with uh, you know an American Tale. You know, the the song somewhere out there was composed for the film, and it it won a Grammy award, and was uh, one song. of the most one of the most popular songs. Um, 
to to become from it was one of the most popular songs from an animated feature since the 50s and uh it's, that's you know, the that's the un, that's the original appearance of five right american yep, tale yeah. american tale yeah and then he went west yeah but then, then he, he went, went, west. went west. west uh david kentucky uh, david david kentucky coleman uh what is your favorite animated film yeah i'm gonna switch gears here and go something that i think you guys probably won't think about since i do everything as americana and as <laughs> home as i'm contrarian and contra- i'm not that contrarian on this podcast <laughs> you're, a con- you're a little contrarian <laughs> not on this podcast um <laughs> you're contrarian yeah so uh good one <laughs> My favorite animated film is uh, one that I don't think, yeah, none of you guys are going to believe. It's Akira. Nice. Yeah, I believe that. Why wouldn't I? Well, it was one. It's a Japanese card. You know, it's no tucks. You know, it's one of the classic cultural touchstone. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a a defining anime. It's a great. Yeah, for sure, man. It's super, I, well, probably the, I just, most, the most famous. Yeah, uh, maybe. Anime it probably it's probably the most famous Japanese like anime movie that Americans have seen. Which yeah. uh, makes a lot of sense why it'd be my favorite, but like uh, Vampire Hunter D, Vampire Hunter D, <laughs> which exactly, which is also another, yeah, yeah which is all one only Americans know. Um, yeah. But I just thought it was when I first saw it, it just blew. Like there were no rules; it didn't matter. Like we could just, we can just make up anything. I can make it look like anything. I mean, and the guys in the movie are, you know, pretty much bad guys, like yeah. these cyberpunk motorcycle riders. And they feel like kids too. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it's you're like, oh, and I was, I mean, this come out in like 2001. So it's, yep. it's only been out like 13 years. That's weird to think about. I felt it like is. It, I thought it had been a lot longer. And I was like, oh yeah. my god, it really did it. I, I bought that. I bought that. Um, the the I have all the comics. Okay. I it just it really affected me in a different way than all the because like, you know I grew up uh, we were closer to the same edge than some of the other guys but Wait, which Akira are you talking about because there was one from uh, that came out in '88 also no that's the one I mean okay no wait no 2001 there's one here I'm looking Akira uh, is a 1988 Japanese animated science fiction animated yeah. thriller is the one I'm thinking of it's '88 is it '88 motorcycle 88. yeah, yeah 88. I saw that and I was like because I was like wait I know it did 2000 Kaneda yeah Kaneda yeah, yeah so Dazuo. Exactly. It's exactly. Old. Yeah, I was That's like, why did it come up as that? Yeah, I saw it. I was like, that, it's the same poster. It's the yeah. right. Unless it just got re-released. Yeah. Oh, you know what? There might have been. I think there actually was a re-release. I think that. I, I think I, think I remember it was a re-release, that. Yeah. And then it's been in development as a feature for forever. Like, forever. It's, it's funny. Forever. I worked with a kid on a on a spinoff of Gossip Girl that they were gonna that they wanted to be Akira, and I was really literally really ready to kill myself mm. during the because they were talking. I was like, I want to kill myself if this happens right now. You know, it, should, it just well, shouldn't, be like, shouldn't be made with American actors. Is the thing it shouldn't be made with American actors. Right, exactly. I was like, no, it be made with people like Christian Bale. Right, and, <laughs> and it was Leo, Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, but it was a kid that I was. They like, should use British and, and Australian actors. It was just that like you know, it's, it's well, a, Canadians, Canadians. Moments when you meet a young acting a young actor who who really thinks they're James Dean in a yeah. way and you just go dude like I just go fuck yourself yeah because I mean, you're, you, yeah, you're like uh, then don't uh, tell me about this movie I don't want to hear it everybody's yeah. got to discover their own path I know it's fine it's fine but that's it but anyway that's <laughs> yeah. my favorite that's my favorite uh, animated movie of all time uh, uh, which uh, is that? Every, is that all? Yeah, of us? that's all of us, right? That's it, guys. That's all of us. Wow. That, that is all so, categories, and that is literally on the button. On it the is, button. Yeah. Yeah. It is, that is an hour-long podcast. So <clears> I'm really proud it. of us. <laughs> I'm really, really proud of us. Your distribution storage uh, space Seth, maxes any, out any, at 60 minutes. No, I think actually we're a little shorter because we <laughs> yeah. started a little bit late because we talked a bit. Yeah. But we had a great. But that's a great, uh, great episode. We're so happy that Seth was here today. Yeah, Seth, what yeah, do you have? You. Sell yourself again. What, uh, promote anything you got coming up or where people can find you on the internet and all of that stuff. Uh, most of the stuff on the internet is under my name, Seth Green. 
<laughs> and uh, you know, clever. Fi- find me if that's what you're looking for. Otherwise, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep making stuff. You're gonna like keep it. looking for him, uh, <laughs> Zach Tyler. Great to hear from you guys in New York. Um, you too. You too. And, uh, nice to, to meet you, you digitally, Tyler. I have a story about. And Should we have an official it. goodbye or is it? No, yeah, we yeah, will. Let's have Perfect. an official goodbye. We'll put it back in. All right, well, uh, guys, well done today. We stayed on, on track and on topic most of the time, and that's big for us. Uh, let's put our hands together for Seth Green. Seth Green, hey! thank you so much for coming. We'll add more And joining us in our little sandbox. Uh, everybody who's tuned in, thank you again. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you for uh, for, <laughs> for believing in and just a us. bunch of just a bunch of grown-ups who we, talk we, about nothing. Um, God bless you all. You can find everything on the uh, website, all the links, all the jazz. And thank you, Shannon Fox, for always giving us uh, the <laughs> the amplification uh, mm-hmm. of of what we talk about to make it all make sense. Uh, take it easy, everybody. Goodbye. Yep. Thanks. See you later. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.